welcome to the A440 Podcast, the one music podcast everyone can get in tune with. I'm your host, Charles Fiore, and today we're going to be talking about music influencers, people who deal music, uh, peddlers of fine music, people who tend to have overly large influences on the people around them in terms of what they listen to and their musical tastes. Way back 150 years ago uh, in season one, I just mentioned offhandedly how there were probably three or four people in my life who seemed to have an overly large, uh, outsized influence on uh, my musical tastes, who the kind of people who just can't help but just give other people new music of all kinds um, all the time. I am very excited today that we get to talk to the biggest influence uh on me musically throughout the course of my life. My good friend, Jim, uh, who I've known now for more than 30 years and uh, who I recently uh, reconnected with uh, over this past year. And it's just been it's just been fantastic. And beyond reconnecting with Jim and hearing what he's into now, and obviously I walked out of this interview with him with about a dozen new bands to check out that I hadn't even heard of uh, before we talked. Uh, because, yeah, spoiler alert, he's still very much a uh, music influencer. I wanted to take a look under the hood of one of these music influencers. I wanted to pick their brain a little bit, see if they were aware of how much they influenced the people around them in terms of music, uh, to see if you know they saw themselves uh, as you know sort of Johnny Appleseeds of musical taste, you know, just spreading music uh, far and wide. Uh, wherever uh, they happen to roam. So Jim is a few years older than me, and uh, that was obviously true while we were growing up as well. Uh, so we were uh, wiffle ball battery mates. We were uh, in, in television um, competitors, uh, and then later original Nintendo competitors. And uh, we listened to a lot of music together uh, over the years, and uh, eventually played music together a little bit as we got older. So in some ways, I sort of feel like many of the things I listen to now and my musical tastes were very much shaped by Jim, and it's a debt of gratitude I'll never be able to repay. And he maybe didn't even know how much he influenced me uh, until this interview, and so I just want to take another moment here to say thank you very much, uh, Jim, for uh, giving me the gift of music uh, throughout my life. Um, I can't imagine my life without it, so... Uh, without further ado, hope you enjoy. So I just wanted to say thank you for coming and doing an episode of my podcast with me, um, because I think um, we've been talking. I've been talking a little bit on this show about like the idea of like musical influencers and how certain people seem to be like. Um, have like an outsized influence on me personally throughout my life, as far as like what music they introduced me to. And I, I sort of was, was curious, like if other people had that, had mu- people who influenced them musically. And if those people, if the musical influencers were aware of being like, you know, like <laughs> patient zero when it came to like um, dealing music, you know what I mean? So, uh, so I think it's safe to say that no one, no individual, uh, has had had such a large influence on me on my musical tastes and my musical appreciation than as you did uh and part of that was like the age because i was like eight to 12 to 16 like the years we were really hanging out and um 
which seems really young, you know, but I also remember like very clearly, like uh, listening to like Don McLean's American Pie for the first time, you know what I mean? And like memorizing every verse, you know, and like knowing all, all hundred verses of that, that song. Um, and also like, you know, cause before you, I would say that personally, my musical influence, my musical exposure was like a hundred percent country music and like, contemporary Christians. So like, so like, it was all like Johnny Cash and like, you know, the Don Francisco. And after you, it was, you know, you were the one who introduced me to like the Beatles and like, you know what I mean? Like the Beatles and like Simon and Garfunkel and like um, Steve Miller band, all that. But you, but, but you came from a musical house, right? I mean, your house was extremely musical. That's how I remember it. So. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I would credit, I think a lot of my, my love of music to my family. No question about it. I would describe my upbringing, I guess, or the musical influences on me would be my mom and dad, most notably my dad. I mean, I grew up watching Oklahoma, um, the musical, uh, the music man, like on PBS in the basement um, as a family and like, you know, buttered popcorn and stuff like that. My dad came from a very musical family. He was really big into musical theater. Um, his older brother was as well, and my older cousins and my sisters, and just everybody was just really kind of into musical theater. And that was definitely one influence. And another influence uh, with my mom was just, she just loves music. And she introduced me to the Beatles, um, which I still believe is you know, the best rock and roll band of all time. And they're remarkable in every way. And I still listen to them a lot. And I credit my mom for that. Um, the Beatles, just a sidebar on the Beatles for a minute. I mean, obviously, like, most famous band in the world. But I do feel like you could take, like, the White Album and, like, um, listen, go track by track. And you could trace, like, you know, a dozen modern bands to every track on that album. You know, and, like, you're like, well, that's, this is a little bit of Radiohead. You know I mean? This is a little bit of whoever else. You know, it's... Um, it was just in, just an insanely, insanely forward-looking band, and they, they they did all that stuff in like five years, right? Well, their their timeline was not long. I mean, it, no, I mean, it's um, that's why it's so remarkable. I mean, yeah. and I um, modern technology, right? So we have an Alexa in the kitchen and doing dishes, getting you know getting dinner ready or whatever. I'll play something, and I like to play it loudly. Um, whereas I don't think the rest of my family appreciates it as loud as I do, but my kids, um, have come to appreciate things that I like, which is nice. I mean, and I, as I've come to appreciate things that they like, um, but the Beatles are, are no exception to that. Um, the boys definitely like the Beatles and they listen to it and they're just so diverse, um, in terms of early Beatles versus mid and late. It's just, uh, it's, it's kind of like introducing your kids to Star Wars. You, you like you revisit your childhood <laughs> watching episodes four, five, and six, and then you introduce your kids to the Beatles, and you're like you you watch them uh, or observe them listening to it, and it's just joyful, honestly. It's really cool. I mean, I, my daughter is seven, and I remember, um, but I remember the first like popular song. It wasn't popular is pretty obscure but like a um the first like adult song that she was like requesting you know like when she was four or five or whatever she'd be like play that one song 
And it was like a moment where she stopped. It was like a moment of like, I'm not only into kids music anymore. Like I've actually like, I'm hearing what dad's listening to and, and like liking it. And it was like a big moment. I was like, this is so cool. This is her first time she's requesting like real music. I mean, how are you, uh, I don't know, people have different approaches. Like how are you taking, um, how are you exposing your kids to uh, music? Like how are you, are you, are you like one of those guys who's like good music from the beginning or are you like putting up with the Barney and the Elmo songs originally? Mm, well, uh, that's funny. Thankfully we're well past that. Well past that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would say I always have music on. Um, and so my mom, interestingly, sent me an email the other day with like a meme or something and it had a cassette on it. And it's, you know, the meme was people will never understand the time and effort that we put into making mixtapes, right? And her memory was that we would go down to a record store in Coving, I think it's Newport actually, Newport, Kentucky that would sell 45s. And she said, Jimmy, we used to take your Eastern Hills Journal tips to this Newport record store and you'd buy all these records and then you'd make mixtapes, which I think I had temporarily forgotten about. And I'm glad she restored the memory because it's awesome. And we had one of those old record players and then that we graduated from that and we got like a turntable and a Sony you know, dual cassette thing where we could make mixes and stuff. But all of that is to say, it's like heaven when you have iTunes, not like it's a commercial for iTunes, but the ease of creating a playlist and just zipping things in, in literally, it's like effortless. So I still make tons of playlists and mixes. And I actually, for the last 10 years, have created a, um, a holiday mix for my family. And I take it to Christmas Eve kind of stuff. And so I create playlists and I play them in the car with the kids and I play them at home or whatever. And just, I, li I like to enjoy the music that I like and then they catch on to whatever. And it's super great because, you know, uh, my son the other day, uh, well, not the other day, but like a month or two ago said, will you make a mix for me of like classic rock stuff? And he's a percussion, he plays drums in percussion. And so that's so great. Like what a great request to get, right? I, I, I just dream of that day. I mean, are you kidding? Like, I, I think I have that playlist ready to go, like just for the waiting for the day, you know, that's, uh, that's awesome. What, um, yeah, there's so much to say to that. I feel like uh, people of a certain age, which we are, I think the who remember like having to make mixtapes and not having iTunes. I think we, we can appreciate a good playlist in, in a slightly different way. Like, Whereas like if you go on, you know, how all these streaming services, they have their, they have playlists. You know, you can go on to Amazon and listen to a, you know, Beatles playlist, but there's like literally no flow. There's no like thought to like what song is first and last, you know, where, and uh, I think that's all been lost in the, with the ease that you're talking about a little bit, right? Whereas when you're putting together a cassette tape, first of all, you're completely restrained by like the time limit. You got 40, you know, 90 minutes at best. And then uh, you got to really pick and choose. And then you got to, and you got to kind of just, it's got to flow. You know what I mean? It's got, you can't just have like a pumped up song followed by a mellow song. You got to like, you know, up and down, you know. So. Absolutely agree. And there's an, uh, it's more art than science. More art than science. Uh, and I think that your comment about time is relevant in addition to creating um, a mix for the holidays. I create one for my family and for, for everybody that has, a, I, it, well, it kind of was born by a fall birthday mix because I take it upon myself to educate certain people in my family who 
I don't think are as aggressive about listening to music. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to give them some, some new music. And so I, you know, if how many minutes fit on a CD? 80. So I do that. And then I go skiing once a year with um, cousins and I take a, a mix out there just as like a soundtrack for the weekend or whatever. And it, it essentially is comprised of a mix of some of my all time favorite stuff, but then also what I've come into in the past 12 months that I want to share. Well, want for, foremost to enjoy. And then also at the same time, equally as important is to share it. That's amazing. I, you know, cause I also make at least a yearly playlist for our family, as far as like, you know, the big vacation of the year, I'll have that a playlist ready to go. And I sort of aim for the same, a lot of new stuff, but then I try to work in some older stuff too. And I, I like the challenge of getting from like, maybe like an old blues artist to like a modern pop song and back again, you know, without like, it seeming like too jarring, you know, I sort of, I sort of like, trying to draw out the similarities sometimes between, you know, different musical genres and definitely like time periods to see if they can all work together. You know, it's kind of always, it's a, one of my favorite things for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's, we should, yeah. we should trade playlists at some point. You know, I'd love to hear what you're listening to. So. No doubt. Um, same. Um, yeah. Happy to share it. it. What, you know, you referenced Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel and yeah. Steve Miller band. And it's, I don't know where, uh, I, you know, I, I think I just, I don't, for example, I don't know where Steve, Steve Miller came from, you know, probably just heard the song the Joker or something like that. And yeah, uh, just got into it. And, and I tend to really immerse myself in something like an artist when I really find them and I snatch up everything I can and listen to as much as I can. So uh, Billy Joel is another one that I, you know, had a just love affair with his music and just like the Beatles. And I even remember too, like playing Nintendo and turning the volume down on the video game and, playing you know Bill Joel or the Beatles or whatever for hours and, and just playing and listening at the same time I'm, I'm no I'm glad you brought up Billy Joel because he was like a whole whole sub menu I wanted to talk to you about because I think of all I think there were two main takeaways from our friendship uh musically and I think one of them was uh is Billy is Billy Joel I mean do you I mean uh I don't know because in some ways I'm just going to say this I feel like it's possible that Billy Joel uh, maybe has influenced maybe my like a large part of my worldview, <laughs> or 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 like you know the idea of like um, needing to so there's a lot of like needing to prove yourself in Billy Joel like you know it's like a lot of like he's a kid from the wrong side of tracks and sometimes and like he's not the classiest guy necessarily and um, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints that kind of thing you know and I wonder if that idea of like having a I don't know if I was actually, if that is inherent in like Billy Joel's music and that's why I was drawn to it. Or if I feel that way because Billy, I heard Billy Joel and now I'm the kid with the chip on his shoulder. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, you know, it, it's, I appreciate you sharing that or, and, and hearing it because it challenges my thinking on why did I like something? Right. Cause I, I don't, I love storytellers. I love great um, lyricists. Uh, and so I, I feel like that's what I'm looking for in music beyond the great melody and instrumentation and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Billy Joel is certainly some of that. Um, and a lot of the artists that I am into now are, I think, similar as well. Um, but when I think about Billy Joel and uh, being just very into him at that time, I think it was a combination of incredible songwriting and uh, but some of the stuff that that we listened to as kids were 
edgy or maybe not well received by our parents, right? So um, Michael Jackson's Thriller is a good example of that. I remember getting that album on Easter. And my father heard that lyric in Billie Jean, but the kid is not my son. And he was like disapproving looks across the room. And I'm like, ooh. and as a kid, I'm like nervous about that, right? Because they, ooh, there's something weird about that. And, you know, Billy Joel too, to your point about, you know, wrong side of the tracks kind of thing, you know. Um, only the good die young is like a pretty. The good die young is not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Catholic household. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it's. Exactly. Um, and that's just, but, you know, music should challenge you. And that's, it should be truthful, right? And it's not everybody's definition of truth, but it might've been Billy Joel's version of truth in that song. And, you know, if something is authentic and genuine and it comes out in music, that makes it more compelling to listen to. The other, uh, the other big musical influence I think was um, uh, Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, specifically musicals. I mean, in general, but the first time I saw that was the St. X production, like in late eighties, I guess, I don't know, but it, I mean, it blew my mind. And like, I talk about introducing your kids to music, like my daughter can sing that whole show all the way through, you know? So um, that's something I still like a lot and still think is pretty brilliant. Like um, even now, like however many years later. So, Yeah. That I, again, something, I mean, great to be reminded of those things. I grew up on that. Also, I was in sixth or seventh grade when that show was in theater Xavier and my cousin cousins plural were in it. My sister was in it and a bunch of other people that, you know, that are friends that we still kind of keep in touch with. Uh, in fact, Andy Blankenbuehler was in that show and he choreographed, as you may know, Hamilton and won Tony's. Wow. One of the founders of Hamilton. Oh, really? So great music, great soundtrack and it tells a story, right? Like, like I said before, um, and you get into the story, it's a good show. The, lyri- the lyrics to that still, I mean, they're, st- they're just so smart. You know I mean, every, every single lyric. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, is, he's got like his own website or something called The Show Must Go On. And so he's offering a free musical a week. I don't know if you're key into this at all, but during this whole coronavirus, he's been in one, uh, one musical a weekend you can look at. So it started, with, started on Easter weekend with um, JC Superstar. And then uh, he's been doing other things since then. But I'm just waiting for Joseph. Like once Joseph's out, I'm going to I'll watch it like four times. You know, they're like serious productions too. It's impressive. So. Now, are you a uh, an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan? I'm, I'm not. In fact, I, I probably like am uh, not a fan. But like I said, <laughs> I feel like Joseph was in, by far his best show, and like we'll definitely watch. I would watch Jesus Christ Superstar for sure. But like, once it gets the cats, like I'm down out. You know what I mean? Like I'm totally yeah. out. <laughs> so. Right. And that's, I think that's an, it's funny that you react that way because I feel the same way. I don't seek it out. Um, We go to a resort. uh, We're fortunate to go to a resort every year for a vacation that does entertainment in the evenings. And they did a Andrew Lloyd Webber review. I think it was last year or the year before. And it's not my favorite, um, but my kids ate it all up. It just loved it. And, um, but Joseph, I think, to me is his best work because it's the one I enjoy the, yeah. the most. And the others, I, I don't, I don't yeah. seek them out. Even Phantom leaves me kind of flat. You know what I mean? So we talked about it a little bit, but like, what do you, what do you, you, you listen to all kinds of stuff now. I mean, do you, what are you listening to? Like where, when you're just by yourself in the car driving, like what do you, what are you turning on? 
I'm, I'll probably articulate a, a lot of different random things. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a terrible question, but uh, purposely. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's not. No, are you kidding me? It's not, a, it's not a terrible question at all. It's a great question. It's a question I love to ask um, people just that I don't know that well. Like, hey, you know. It, it, but I often find, sometimes I ask, you know, are you a music lover before I say, what do you listen to? Because I do find that not, um, sometimes when I would ask, what do you listen to? They're like, Oh, I don't really listen to that much music. I'm like, does not compute. Like that sounds right. <laughs> kind of weird to be right. Um, but I can go a lot of different directions. So my musical influences over the past 20, 25 years, I mean, have been an evolution. I mean, this is going to be some obvious stuff, you know, right? Like I'm, a big Dave Matthews fan. Like when I was 1992 through 2000, I was in college. Um, he was coming out. I just thought everything about Dave Matthews was different and neat. Um, I've seen him a ton of times and love it. Um, so I just, I listened to an entire Dave live performance of Red Rocks when I was on a bike ride last week. And I hadn't listened to something all the way through like that, a live show. And it's great. Also introduce that to the, you know, Dave Matthews to the kids. Um, and they, they seem to appreciate that. So that's a big one. Um, I've also, uh, you know, other things over the years, like Big Head Todd and the Monsters, definitely into them. I know you were too. Um, Coldplay, um, earlier Coldplay, but not so much more recently. Um, but I'll also say, in addition to some of more of the obvious ones, being married to a Texan uh, from Austin has introduced me to lots of great stuff that I don't think I'd otherwise uh, have been introduced to. My father-in-law deserves a lot of credit for uh, giving me every year for Christmas the KGSR compilation. It's a double disc of a radio station out of Austin, Texas that does live performances in their studio. Uh, and they throw a compilation together and it comes out like right after Thanksgiving and he gave it to me for Christmas for forever. And I found lots of great artists. So maybe some, I don't know. I'd be interested to know if you've heard of them. So there's an artist named Bob Schneider. Um, Check him out. And Slade Cleaves. uh, Would be two. Another one I found on a KGSR compilation was Jeffrey Foucault. Uh, Kind of a, and these are storytellers and for example, Slade Cleaves is notorious for kind of um, sad songs and he'll admit it in live shows. I've probably seen him 10 times. Nice. Um, an exceptional songwriter and storyteller. Um, Bob Schneider is so diverse. Like when he releases an album, you don't, you're not exactly sure what you're going to hear. Um, and it's some of it's poppy, some of it's edgy. Um, he's got acoustic stuff solo. That's, unbelievable so that's really good and jeffrey Foucault, i just absolutely love because i don't feel like um another artist can provide such a sense of place more than he does in his songs which i think i just really i'm really drawn to that so i listen to those a lot i also listen to martin sexton you familiar with martin sexton I, this is this is awesome. I I have a whole now like six. See, this is what I'm saying already. I've got like six new artists to check out. You know, so yeah. Well, Martin Sexton, I think, is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I've seen him three or four or five times live, and it's just he and his guitar. And he his 
there's no, I don't think there's any better male vocalist that is currently touring. He's, you'll, you'll know what I mean when you listen to him. Um, and then also I, you know, I listen to, um, it's other things too. Like, um, this is kind of coming to my mind randomly, but Chet Baker, uh, oh, yeah. fantastic vocalist, kind of simple vocalist, but just sings a lot of, when he was singing standards, I, re- I love to listen to that. Then also a little bit more mainstream would be somebody like Michael Bublé. I'm not afraid to admit it. Michael I've seen him live, man. Great show. You know, that like, guy, his his vocals are incredible. Yeah. Um, so those are some that, that come to mind right now. I feel, I'm sure I'm leaving some out that I'll probably be mad about later, but um, those are some of the ones I'm, I'm into now. Yeah, Michael Bublé seems like a stand-up guy. Like, he just, like, he seems like he's somebody who, like, appreciates where he's at. He's got amazing talent. Like, when, when I saw him live, like, he was, um, he just took a minute, like, at the beginning of the show to be like, hey, like, thanks for coming out. It's Tuesday night. I know you spent your hard-earned paycheck to come see me. Appreciate it. You know, like, I mean, not everybody does that, you know? And it was kind of like, oh, this guy, this guy seems like he gets his fans or whatever, which is kind of cool. So. so here's a question for you. Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious to know what you think. So we recently watched a movie, and I'll tell you what it was um, in a moment, but not before I ask the question. Oh. That prompted the question for me to ask Beth and the kids and then sent a text around to my family. Okay. Name the top five male vocalists of all time. Okay. Now, obviously, it's a very personal question. You know. Ah, so, so for me personally, like my front man, if I'm putting a band together, who's going to be my front man? Is that what we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. And, and I'm not necessarily asking that, that you'll come up with your five right on the spot right now. It's just um, yeah. some of them, I've, it's, it's a personal question. Uh-huh. It reveals, I think, a lot about your musical taste and what you're into. And so that, that exercise was born from watching, um, gosh, the name of the movie is escaping me right now, but Freddie Mercury uh, about Queen. Oh, yeah. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah of course. So yeah. oh, that's outstanding. Yeah. Not a huge Queen fan. Like I'm not, but watch that movie and, and just immerse yourself in that story. And just what an unbelievable voice. Yeah. Although I think more, I mean, I am, I think Queen's got a solid greatest hits. Like I can put like Queen's double disc greatest hits on and like, no problem. Like I like every, almost every song on there. That's pretty good. Like, I don't know that there's that many bands out there actually that you can listen to like their entire greatest hits and be like, ah, it's pretty good. That's a, like 15 good songs. I mean, you know, so, I mean, I would put my, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm a fan. I like, you know, I could, I like Queen, you know, there was, yeah. there was a time. Um, I think I can answer your question right away. Cause I do, I've given some thought to this. I don't have five necessarily, but, I think uh, Steve Winwood, which sounds like a, a, a very 80s reference, but if we're talking like blind faith Steve Winwood, like old Steve Winwood, uh, he would be up there. And then uh, um, Stephen Stills, who I think has one of the most amazing rock voices of all time. So I'm putting a, putting a rock band together. Those two guys are in the conversation. They're, they're, on, they're on speed dial for sure. So I um, love that. Yeah. Um, I'm actually weirdly going through, like, I mean, obviously I knew, uh, very familiar with Dave Matthews' music when you know he was really kind of at the apex of his fame you know I, and he was on all the time in college and after but i'm weirdly having like a dave matthews resurgence during this coronavirus thing where it seems like it's like the only thing i really want to listen to and uh so i don't know i don't know what that means i'm just stating it as fact that like i'm going to like sirius xm and like dialing up the dave matthews station you know <laughs> that's cool um so let me i'm just gonna mention a couple of that i'm actually looking at my phone yeah. and looking at my 
playlist of favorite artists, um, and I covered some of them. I also like, I think Zach Brown is incredible. You ever seen Zach Brown live? No. Yeah, wow. Zach Brown band. Um, they're for real. I, I absolutely respect their encores where they come out and basically play songs. And I, I think it's each of the band members. I, I, I can't swear by this, um, but it seems like they, their encore is consistently covers of the favorites of the band members, which is super cool. That's awesome. And um, a couple of years ago, I went to JPJ in Charlottesville and saw Zach Brown and the guitarist ripped out Panama and the whole crowd <laughs> went crazy. It was um, unbelievable how, how cool it was. And then I just like had a love affair with the song Panama after that, because I was like, I have to buy the song. This is so great. And so there's uh, one other thing I have to say before I forget two other artists. And this is where I mean, like I'm almost embarrassed. I didn't think about them before. I am absolutely infatuated with mandolin orange. Nice. Yeah. North Carolina band, I believe. Um, yep. Absolutely. Uh, and I think they're based if, in Raleigh. Uh, yeah. so you gotta, if you haven't seen them live, you got to check them out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Yarn. Yarn. I don't know Yarn. Yeah. And they're pretty diverse. They've got a lot of stuff out. I think originally they're from Brooklyn, but they may, I think they may be in Carolina now. I don't, I'm not, I can't swear by it. But um, another big thing I would say that uh, is, a, I would say an influencer, but, but certainly fun. Uh, every year out in Mount Solon, which is 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away from us, is a music festival every year called Red Wing Roots Music Festival. And a lot of, not a lot, but some of the artists that I've mentioned um, go to that festival. Like Sarah Jarosz has played a couple of times. I'm with her, played last year. Yarn played. They were they're set to play this year. Mandolin Orange played the last two years. Um, and it's a wonderful environment. It's great for the kids. It's super fun. We take a camper out there and just kind of, um, you know, post up for four or five days and really have a wonderful time and enjoy some good music. That's great, man. So you, I mean, you, you still see a lot of live music. I mean, so do I, you know, but I, I think it takes more motivation now. I think when you get to be our age, right. A little bit, like, yeah, you're like, I gotta get, I gotta go out the door and go outside. You know, like, Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I am pretty committed to it. I, I will drive. It's very normal for me to drive two hours to see a live show because living where I do, it's, you know, two hours from DC, two hours from Richmond, an hour from Charlottesville. So, we do get some, some good Charles feels good because like the Southern will have Martin Sexton, Slade Cleaves, um, Jeffrey Folkall. I've seen all of those people there. Um, and then Richmond and DC certainly have those things too. But I, I, I try to see as much live music as I can. That doesn't disrupt too much of the family life, right? Where you got to balance your priorities and stuff. And sometimes you're, I know, and sometimes you're like, especially with these university shows, campuses shows, and they don't start till like nine o'clock, you know, and you're like, oh my God, yeah, they had a 7 a.m. meeting in the morning or whatever, but you know, you get, got to get out there, you know, you got to, can't, you can't get lazy, can't get old, you know. Work so, hard, play hard, Charles. That's, that's it. Sleep, sleep when you're dead, as they say. That's right. Um, they, uh, so this ad, all kind of answers my question. You, I mean, so you're very much aware of being, a musical influencer. I mean, basically like a dealer of music, like, and you kind of like relish it. Like you, if someone doesn't take music seriously, you said yourself, you were like, 
you, you're going to make sure, damn sure they walk away with seven new bands, you know? <laughs> I have no idea why I am that way. I just, I, I'm passionate about loving music and, um, I hope I'm not too obnoxious to those people who I <laughs> impart my thoughts on. I'm thinking of maybe my, uh, uh, I hope my family members appreciate uh, whatever mixes I put together for them. And that is our show. Thank you once again to Jim for dialing in uh, for that interview. Uh, you've been listening to the song Rounder by Mandolin Orange, which uh, is now on my Constant playlist, thanks to Jim. So the uh, the beat goes on, as it were. Be sure to check out past episodes at a440pod.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Tell your friends. Let's jam again soon. Mm-hmm.